we've recognized that there have been different seasons that we've gone through. And we've used the terminology like going back to renegotiate the contract. Hey, this worked the first four years. I want to renegotiate now because I don't think I should be making dinner every single night. Maybe we got married with the premise that you thought that that's what a wife should do. But now that I've started a business, now that I'm doing all of these things, I want to renegotiate this contract because I need your help. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. ECJ here, or E... You don't even know your initials. EJC in the house. I just want to make sure I fix that. But yeah. Hello. How are you? <laughs> How's it going? Um, I'm going well. I don't know about you and not knowing your name. You know, just all the pre-production stuff has got me all frazzled. Are you here? I'm here. I'm okay. present. Welcome. No other place I would have rather be. Well, welcome to episode number 166 of the Push Podcast. Nice. 166. A couple of things okay. are happening. I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. I think this will be a pretty quick episode, but we I've done some traveling. You've done some traveling. We had You had a bachelor party to go to in Las yeah. Vegas. I had some speaking commitments in Vegas that you took over for me. Yeah. I went to Scotland and bought a property for Kayla. That was insane. I think that's going to be the next episode is like, how did we buy the property? What that experience was like? But I just got back from that. A couple of people have asked me if I'm jet lagged. I am not because I slept for 12 and a half hours straight. So that feels great. (laughs) We're getting ready to start our next session of Passion to Profit for a bunch of aspiring business owners. They're going to spend 10 weeks with us. Lots Um, going on building this dream business that maybe they've been kind of, you know, waiting to build as we get into the holiday season. They're going to have rock and sales. They're going to have a solid plan for how to come out of the gate strong for January, which is right around the corner, which is scary. Yeah. The house is quiet because two kids went back to college. This all kind of happened. This is all within the last six Like week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Uh, And it's also wedding season. Yeah. Like your... I'm a best man in one wedding. Right. You're the best man in one wedding for your cousins. My sister's getting married the weekend after, so we'll be in Northern California. I'm the matron of honor. Jordan is the bridesmaid. Why do women are the matron of honor? I should be the best woman. I'm just the best man. You're the best man. I should be the best woman. No, but just like there's honor in like being the matron of honor. There's no honor for being a best man. You're just the guy that, like, you know, you hold the ring. You, you know. Well, I'll be sure to let your cousin know you don't really take it very. <laughs> I, no, no, I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. But, but you're going to be the officiant. Yes. At Richland and Mitchell's wedding, so yes. that's excited. No pressure. No, no pressure. Eddie has officiated. Now this will be his third third wedding. Yep. Don't um, get any ideas out there, people. Yeah, it's a side be, hustle. This might be my retirement. Get married request. by Eddie. <laughs> Can I just tell you what my what in the world is? What is your what in the world? So you mentioned Vegas. Okay. I had not been to a club. Mm-hmm. I, maybe 20 years? Like, okay. Have we been to a club? I don't think so. 
right? So I have not been in a club for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, maybe you threw me a party, but was that a club? It was more of like a lounge that yeah. happened to happen. I mean, you were 24 years old. Yeah. You're now so, 40 something, two. 42. Yeah. yeah, something. We went to this place and they happened to have a performer. Dre's. Dre's. Club. Yeah. Two Which, Chains mm-hmm. was performing. Mm-hmm. I was unaware like I was trying to get them there. I was like, let's go. We got to go. Cause you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a performance. Doesn't work like <laughs> so that. I'm like, let's get there at a decent time. And I said, be there by at least 1130. One, I thought that was odd. Mm-hmm. 1130 seems yeah, really late. They don't really open till one. <laughs> I was like, seems pretty late. Right. We get there. The place is fairly empty. Uh-huh. So I was just like, oh, this is great. So, you know, we, you can hang out. We can chill. This is we can, great we can that talk. it was empty. Well, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> more of like, this is now we can kind of just kind of hang out and just uh-huh. chill. He didn't perform till like two o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I said, this is not right. Is, it, <laughs> is someone going to complain about this? Is this going to be something that's brought to management that he didn't get there? Is he late? Mm-hmm. Right. But Probably I guess not. that is the normal. Yeah. And so I was like blown away by that. I was like, can you imagine you're like, <laughs> you know, you, you have a, you're, you're going to perform and you start work at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Is he normally having his graveyard shift? It doesn't sound like (laughs) a job that you want. No. I was like, okay, that means we probably don't get to sleep till like close to four, Uh which means we've been up all night. Right. I'm just not built for that kind of life. (laughs) I'm just not built for that. I was like thinking to myself, I don't like how how are we going to get, we got top golf tomorrow. Are they going to be awake? Right. I like, yeah, so. That was my what in the world. Well, you survived. I did survive. But you it was, survived out a night out at the club. Oh, my God. I, and we were toast the next day. I was oh my like, gosh. I think I went to bed at 11. I talked to you right before I went to yeah. bed the next night. I was in like, Vegas. I, yeah. I had <laughs> no <laughs> clue why you guys went to Vegas knowing you didn't want to go to like I did, strip club. I didn't somewhere. know like what like what it was in store. I was just thinking about other oh, shows. There's options. Mm-hmm. There's dinner. Mm-hmm. There's like we have options. Like yeah. we're not going to be it's stuck in like a place where you only can do one thing. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you had fun. Yeah, that was good. So I told the girls, I was like, yeah, dad's at a club right now. And Kayla was like, what would dad do at a club? (laughs) Does dad dance at a club? Is he dancing with other women? Wait, is he hitting on women? Do women hit on dad? Like they were so perplexed at the thought of thinking that dad was out at the club. No one hit on me and I didn't hit on anyone. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I just, I feel like the last probably 10 days, seven days or so has been a whole what in the world for me. I went from 100 degree weather to, you know, pull up in Scotland and it's like overcast, raining 60 degrees at best. Move Kayla into her apartment. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'll do an episode on that next week, I think, because, you know, people are going to have so many questions about buying a property in another country, which sounds totally unrealistic and hard. Yeah. Um, but somehow I learned everything that there is to know about the UK real estate market. Right. right. Um, made it happen in about seven days. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was and then spent seven days moving in. Yeah. I, I don't. Gold there, star it, for me. Yeah. Gold star for you. There are a few things that you have done, not a few things, there are many things you've done that have been outstanding, but then there's a few that stand out as far as the, the <laughs> speed in which it was done. One was our wedding, uh-huh. which was like 25 days right. or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, two was not starting the business, but opening the business from a brick and mortar. I think right. that was pretty fast. Oh, that was extremely accelerated. Right, accelerated. And then now- Buying a property. Oh, no, buying our first house was pretty accelerated, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? 
uh, and then buying a property. Like I'd those are major say, life events yeah. that have happened. With I'd have to say I'm pretty remarkable. <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, if I'm going to give myself a little shameless self recognition right now, you sound like me right now. I wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, try replacing me, buddy. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. Um, which leads me into a conversation about marriage. Yeah. And I think this is important because you're going to be delivering a speech as a best man at yep. Lamont's wedding. I'm going to be delivering a speech at my sister's wedding. Don't know what I'm going to say. You going to run that past him first? What I'm going to say? Yeah. No, of course not. I think I'm no. going to run it past my sister. No, you shouldn't. Like, uh, I think if you tell her what you're going to say. I'm not going to tell her what I'm going to say, but I think I want to know, like, what kind of vibe do you want? Like, I want to make people laugh. But I also think that there's certain things that you want to leave a wedding feeling like you want to feel like there was love. You want right. to feel like it's a solid marriage. You want to feel like this couple's going to last. You want to feel right. like you're a part of it and you're not just going to be like an attendee that loses touch with, you know, the attendee or with the couple like in the years to come. Right. Well, I think I think in your speech. I think it's going to be more about your the one on one connection with your sister mm -hmm. and how you express that to the world. Mm -hmm. right? But I don't think so because it's not about me and her. We're not getting married. She's getting married to a man that I happen to really like. I like his family. So I don't think that that's necessary to like just talk about the bond that I have with no, just my no, no. sister. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like like the bond you have with your sister mm -hmm. and then how that's expressed in like what you see for her, what mm -hmm. you hope for her mm -hmm. because of that bond. It just sounds so boring and like done but before. You do, but you do with humor. Like remember we went to a wedding. The Remember the best man was his brother. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Jason, Jason Johnson and okay. his brother gave a speech. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how funny it was? Don't remember at you all. You don't remember? Not at all. Oh my God. And we talked about it for weeks on mm -hmm. end of how great it was. Because of how his brother <laughs> delivered his speech, was he making fun of him? No, he time? was like Josh. It was Josh, yeah, and he no. was kind of has a quirky personality, mm -hmm. and he was like he was poking fun, but at the same time poking fun of himself, but at the same time wishing him well. Mm -hmm. But it I just don't had think women necessarily like that. But it was a combination of those things. I don't think women want to be made fun of on their wedding day. Okay. I mean, I don't know. We can take a poll. Do you want to be made fun of not on your wedding fun, day? Not like you're hazing or like it's like <laughs> like you're like um, bringing up all of her dirty dark secrets. Yeah, you're not like clowning her, but yeah. you're, you're you're like trying to be bring humor to the to you trying to make people feel every every range of emotion mm -hmm. in that speech. Yeah, right? I, that sounds like a tall task. It's. I mean, I think you 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 you're amazing. You do this all the time, and people feel a range of emotion through the push. Oh podcast. my gosh! <laughs> right? So what's not going to be included in the speech, I think, is like the hour long lecture that we'd like to give them for like you know pointers that we wish somebody would have given us, right? right. Which would, which could be a fun speech, like. Yeah. Hey, you know, thank you so much for having me as your matron of honor. Uh, in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to take this time to give you like lessons one through 30 that we failed at in our marriage, like right. hoping that you don't make these same mistakes. Right. So like that's a good place to kind of start this. What mistakes in marriage do you think that we would have avoided had someone given us like the foresight to say like, hey, this is going to be a problem. Make sure you handle it this way. Well, I think money. Mm -hmm. I think if someone would have said that, hey, um, maybe we did move too fast in the first, mm -hmm. <laughs> buying our first property. But now it's hard to go back and say, oh, we regret it because right. of where we're at now. All the but lessons. All the lessons. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that 
you want to make sure that you there's some alignment there and at the same time um, you're seeking with the proper guidance yeah. of how to move forward with such a big part of your life. I think one thing that I thought was important was making sure we were aligned in how we were going to raise the kids. Yeah. That I don't think that we were aligned necessarily because no. one of the things we talked about was like I thought that kids should fear you to mm -hmm. a certain extent like worry about the consequences if they get pregnant, if they sneak out, if they, and you were very against that. Like, I don't want my kids to fear me. So that is something, I don't know, what different advice would you maybe give if, because Mitchell, I think in the case of my sister and her soon-to-be husband, he didn't want kids. She wants yeah. kids, right? So he's kind of like, well, they're going to be your problem and not necessarily mine, but she's signing up for that. So I think they are kind of communicating around what kind of roles they're going to be taking. I think a lot of times people don't do that in a marriage. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because I think we didn't share the common meaning of certain things. When you said fear, what I understand now is a certain level of respect, mm -hmm. right? And when I heard it then, it was like, I don't want my kids to be scared of me, mm -hmm. right? Because I've, of my relationship that I had with my stepdad. And so I didn't want that, like when you, all that did was triggered me thinking that you wanted me to create a relationship that I had had with him, yeah, which was based on fear until it became resentment and anger, mm -hmm. right? Um, which was not at all what I wanted. Right. And so I think the first thing is, is make sure you share the same common meaning for mm -hmm. words. So I, what I mean by that is there are definitions of words but then there's meanings you have for words. So mm -hmm. it's almost like, tell me more about what you mean by fear, yeah. right? And you wanted a regard for consequences. I wanted respect. And, and respect. And that thing is, that's a word that is very subjective. Like mm -hmm. what, what one person feels is respect is what different mm -hmm. from another person. And so I think aligning those things that you know what people mean, not just hanging on to, oh, you that's respect, how I de de um, you know, define it. And I think talking about, you know, your childhoods, like how were you raised? What things did you like that you want to take on as a parent and right. instill in your children? And what things are you absolutely against? Like, you know, do you want to spank your kids? Do you, right. do they get gentle parenting and time out? Like there's so many different ways to parent your children now. I think talking about those things um, as best as you can before you enter a marriage with children is right. a, a good way to tackle it. Yeah, because I think what Mitchell's talked about, like, is kind of a mil military yeah. <laughs> type. Yeah, but of he thing. was raised by military dad. He right, thinks he turned right. out pretty great, so he's going to replicate that, right, right? Right. Which I think is the case for all people. Like, you go through... Um, the way that you were raised and then, you know, you like some stuff, you don't like some stuff, you throw out the stuff you didn't like, but you want to repeat the things you think that helped make you. Yeah. I think the things that helped make me responsible, resourceful, kind of a go-getter, independent were the strict things that I learned from my mom, although I didn't appreciate that all the time. Um, I do think that it turned me into a person that could be self-sufficient. Well, let me ask you this, because I think this is something that people who are starting a life or maybe even are already parenting together. Do you think that that's something that should be preset or do you think you should wait for the personality of the kid? Because <laughs> the, there's certain things, I think, to, to the point where they're five, mm -hmm. right? Like you're going to make sure they're safe. You're yeah. going to start instilling certain like you know, rules or, or, um, you know, hygiene things, although like those normal things. But I think then, then you have this personality that starts to come out. Mm -hmm. And then just like you would with, the, when you're leading people, you almost have to be versatile with your parenting as you are with the individual. 
because every kid needed something different. Yeah. I don't think I was prepared for that. Right. There were, you know, several of us in the household. It was like, this is how you get parented. These are the rules of the house. This is how you respect your parents. This is your job as a kid to contribute to this household, whether right. that be chores, respect, you know, whatever. And I feel like um, the the rules were pretty rigid in my house. I feel like going through parenting and seeing that each kid needed something different was really eye-opening for so, me. Yeah, you, we will both agree that there's no one-size-fits-all kind of situation for, for kids. Cause no, but I think you, you learn multiple, that the hard way. Yeah, you do. I do think for those people who haven't had kids yet, like it's important for you to know the early stages of becoming parenting uh, parents is really difficult. Like yeah. to go from just dating and just having each other, you have sex whenever you want, you can do whatever you want, go out with your friends. Now you think it's cool to take it to the next level and become parents, but you're not thinking about your hormones. You're not thinking about the contribution from your partner. You're not thinking about the burden that it puts on your marriage. And so it's a hard kind of season to go through. Right. But then looking back, kind of we're coming out of the back end of raising kids. Those were the easiest years, I yeah. think. It's just like you're just here to love them, provide them with, you know, clothes and necessities. And they're thankful. They're loving like they need you more than you need them. Right. Um, I see so many young parents like, oh, this is my best friend. She's my mini me. I'm like that. That stops when they're about 11. <laughs> so, you know, it's different stages that you're going to go through. But I have a question, I guess, for anybody listening that might be taking their relationship to the next level. And that is like, what is your relationship built on? Mm -hmm. I think is important to kind of decide and bring to the forefront with your partner. Like, mm -hmm. is our relationship built on great sex? Okay. Mm -hmm. If that's the case and we're both here for that, like, what have we built on top of that? And how do we keep that going? Right. Because that's important, right? Yeah. If that's a foundational pillar for you, that's important. If it's built on strong communication, how do you build on top of that and make sure that you're aware that strong communication got us here? This is what we're starting the marriage with. And so we have to continue to nurture this. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't think that most people could really kind of summarize, like, what is your relationship built on? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because in the seasons of marriage, you're going to have to kind of go back to that. And then at some point say, does it need to be built on something different right now? Yeah, because what I hear you saying is, is like the foundation is super important because one, I think it, it, it will weather or not weather the storm mm -hmm. of what's to come. So anyone who has a family who is building a family understands that like there's always going to be a, a changing season yeah. and that season may be too hot for the foundation you've created. It may be too cold. It may be too windy. The rain may be too mm -hmm. much, and it may if if it's a, if it's not solid, it can it can water down things. Yeah, and I think that you have to solidify it because if it's built on something that cannot withstand, then I think you're right. I think you have to go back and say, okay, how do we now recreate a new foundation? Right, because I think that that is a representation of the commitment of marriage. Yeah, right, is willing to say, let's lay a new foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think we've touched on that many times in various podcasts over the last 165. And that is we've recognized that there have been different seasons that we've gone through. And we've used the terminology like going back 
to renegotiate the contract. Yeah. Hey, this worked the first four years. I want to renegotiate now because I don't think I should be making dinner every single night. Right. Maybe we got married with the premise that you thought that that's what a wife should do. But now that I've started a business, now that I'm doing all of these things, I want to renegotiate this contract because I need your help. Right. Right. And so that would be kind of my second major point for anybody getting married is like, understand that the contract should be open for negotiation. Right. Like every couple of seasons. And I think going into that marriage, knowing that, hey, we're going to have to renegotiate because roles change, jobs change, people change um, and your needs change. Yeah. And it's something that's interesting because I was I was reading something and I think this relates that there are two things that happen in life and in everything that's part of human nature. One is things evolve. Mm -hmm. And the kind of the definition of evolution is it's happening by accident. You have no control over it. Mm-hmm. So human beings evolve because of experiences and things that go on, you know, trauma or joy, they evolve and they don't necessarily know what, what's happening or are, you know, are predicting it, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. But, and then there's a second thing that, you know, things have to adapt and, da- and adapting is very different because that's very much directional and goals. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you see something change and so you make it a goal to adapt to that change right. because you want to exist. And I think in a marriage, I think individuals are evolving and adapting over time. And I think it's, it speaks to your point of renegotiating mm-hmm. because if you evolve into being an entrepreneur when before you worked at a, you know, in a corporate office or maybe or you, you, stayed, stayed, at home you stayed at home, it must be the job of the, your spouse to now adapt. Right. Right. And then that's where you have to like renegotiate the Mm -hmm. contract because that's constantly going to happen. But I think that people want so much for no one to change in the relationship to to go back to that foundation. They're like, well, this is our foundation. We should never change. Right. But evolution is happening Mm -hmm. and then adaptation is necessary in order to it to coexist. Yeah. I, I think the next thing would be like having individual aspirations and not losing yourself in a marriage is really important, especially for women out there. Like as we become mothers and, you know, have to nurture and care for a whole entire family, it's hard to not lose yourself. Yeah. But also like understand you're responsible for your own happiness, right? So being able to make sure that you're staying true to the aspirations that you have, not losing yourself. And then also you're still responsible for that happiness. Those are like three big things. And so like in the case of my sister and her soon-to-be husband, where they're now compromising talking about having kids. And he said, we can have kids, but I'm letting you know I'm going out for a promotion. This is what I want to do. You know how important this is to me. So you're going to have to be the one to kind of step up if that's what you want to do. And I thought it was really good that he's still continuing to pursue his aspirations. I'm staying true to this, which means she needs to do the same. And then also like that's compromise, right? Like you want to be happy because you want to have kids. He wants to be happy and fulfilled too and still like fulfill the commitments he he wants to achieve with his, you know, job. Right. And so I think just having solid communication around not losing yourself, staying true to your aspirations, and then being responsible for your own happiness are like big yeah. in a marriage. And, you know, I'm not going to give up away any of the things I'm going to officiate, but I will say that that is going to be one of the cornerstones of my, my like what I talk about, mm-hmm. because that's the one thing I pull from those two is that, they're unapologetically authentic. Yeah. And they have no problem being really clear with one another on who they are and what Sorry, they stand for. Sorry, it's my for. sister calling a million times. Yeah. 
So um, this is why we have silent mode. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that I think that's an admirable thing. I don't think that most people operate like that, and I think that most people are more confused of who they are. And so they don't even communicate that way, right? And I think he's really clear of who he wants to become. Yeah, I think she is too. Yeah. And I think with that change, like, I think there's a certain amount of, like, pacing that you have to do in a relationship. Um, when you are, are authentic to who you want to be and you are evolving and you're changing and you see, like, you have aspirations for your own personal development, I do think that there is a compromise with it where whoever is not in that space needs to one be open to the change and then how do you embrace it together well this is kind of interesting because i think you have to go through major changes together mm-hmm. like if we look at our marriage like when we were out of shape together we were out of shape together when yeah. we got in shape together decided to bodybuild, we did it together it wouldn't have worked if one of us was obsessed over fitness and like trying to better our bodies while the other one just didn't have buy-in over that right, right. So we've done lots of things together, um, personal development, personal growth, like going to conferences together. Like if one of you is doing that for work and you start reading, but the other person doesn't, that can be, that can create a huge wedge in your relationship, right? right? So there has to be a way that I think you inspire the other to come along for the journey with you. Just like you'd be excited if you had a new hobby, you got to be excited around growth and things that you're doing outside of the home and bring that partner along for the ride. And I think a lot of times people might disagree with that because they might say, well, I learn things at work all the time that my spouse doesn't know because they're just not into that thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you had to take them with you though, because (laughs) seriously, like at some point you're going to be having conversations at a different level. And if your partner can't even speak the same language that you're have, you know, that you're speaking, then it can be really detrimental to your relationship. Yeah. And that means there has to be a high level of openness, right? Because if someone wants to like take their health seriously and the other person doesn't, like who's responsible for being open? Yeah. I think if it's progressive and it moves you to a better place, I think that you person, to do it. if you're not the one leading it, then be okay following it. And be okay getting on board as quickly as possible. Right, right. Because it's kind of like, I mean, this is going to sound really bad, but like, let's say that, you know, you decided to get really into fitness and I was like, no, I'm comfortable just sitting at home on the couch, like eating bonbons or whatever. I have to know at some point, like when you start to feel really good about yourself and you start to say hi to more people at the gym, like that I'm going to feel some type of way if I don't feel good about my own body, if I'm not, you know, able to enjoy fitness the way that you are, you're going to have conversations with other people that you will find enjoyment in. And I don't want to miss out on that, you know? So you got to use your partner's like um, fire for things as inspiration. Like you said, if it's going to make us better, then I got to get on board. Yeah. And I think that that person that is kind of leading that charge also has to make sure that it's conducive to the lifestyle that that may be the arrangement. For example, if there's someone who is like, let's say you primarily took care of the kids and Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I have my own time to go exercise. I got to go to the gym. Right. That I have to make sure that I'm making accommodations so that you can do that. Yeah. Otherwise, then it's a selfish thing. Well, I would have really hated you if right. like right after we had kids and I was already struggling to like now take care of three kids and like make myself a priority. I didn't find time to do all of the things I needed to do in a day. 
So if you were like obsessed with the gym, it probably would have ruined our marriage. Right, right. Like, if I was like running a marathon, you're yeah, like, <laughs> like I need your help with other shit, and you're over right. here focused on the gym. Like it's not the right season for this, you right. know. So I think having open communication, but then also like realistic expectations for each other. Like, am I helping to support her? Am I helping to support him? Whether it be dreams, aspiration, hobbies, whatever it may be, like you've got to have solid communication around that. And then stuff. work to give that person the time, mm-hmm. right? Because you may not be able to do it at the same time because maybe the, you know someone has to be with the kids mm-hmm. while the other person is exercising. Someone has to be with the kids while the other person's you know reading a book, yeah. right? So I think that those things are kind of give and take. Yeah. But I think you have to be like willing, uh, you know, to to follow, and also you have to be willing to say, I think we need to go in this direction and yeah. have to lead. Mm-hmm. And I think you alternate in that in, in different seasons and who's leading what or who's sparking that. And then you all kind of you follow suit and you become you do it together. Yeah, because like when we first started, we were both working full time. We had the same actual job. Right? right. And so you knew how demanding my job was. I knew how demanding your job was. I feel like we kind of had equal roles. Like I probably cooked a lot more than you did because that right. was the role I took on. You took the trash out. You know, <laughs> we had agreements. Right. But then when when I started a business, it required me to work until midnight sometimes. Right. It required you to pick, figure out how to pick up the kids, figure out how to make a meal, you know. And so we had to understand that that season, the dynamics changed. The contract had to be renegotiated. And I couldn't just abandon the things that I had been doing. Right. But instead, we had to talk about like how things were shifting for our family and where you could step up in ways that I didn't normally need your help with, right? Yeah. And I think... I think some people are in relationships now that they're really stuck because they didn't renegotiate the roles of each person. Someone wants them to stay the same because yeah. it's beneficial for them. Yeah. Right. And and that is where you get into the scary place where like this role allows me to do something that the other person can't. But if I if we shift, then I can't do what I want to do. Right. And I think that that's, that's where, selfish. That's selfish. But I, I mean, I think you could if you really think about it, we see it. You can see it all, all the, time the time in different yeah. relationships. And if you're there, how do you get out? How do you get out of that situation? How do you get the other person to say, you got to give up something? Yeah. Right? Because you can't have it all. Mm -hmm. And I think there's that old adage, you know, you have your cake and eat it too. But I do think that that is more times than not favored in the male side of saying like, hey, you know, this is the life I want to live. Right. You You started cooking, so I'm not going to cook now. Right. Like, I really, you started cooking more when we started doing bodybuilding competitions because I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. We need to eat a lot. And you need to eat more than me. Like I'm having a tough time staying on top of this. And I'm not going to be the only one doing all this meal prepping. So you need to figure it out. Right. Right. And you started making a lot of the meals too. And so just like having that conversation around, I think the women need to get better at like tapping out and saying, hey, this is not going to just be my responsibility. I need your help. Right. So kind of to put a bow on that, I think that we are both saying you need to grow together in all aspects. You're going to grow in levels of fitness. You're going to grow in personal growth or development, business growth. You're going to grow and expand ideas, maybe around politics, maybe around different beliefs that you carried into the relationship that now they just don't serve you anymore. So knowing that you have to kind of grow together through those things because I mean, if one, if you started off as two Republicans and now one of you is like leaning more towards like, hey, I really think that we're looking at this in the wrong way. Right. I want to become an activist around this cause or whatever. Like that could really be divisive. Yeah. 
And I think that some people make that work. Mm -hmm. Like some people can be polar opposite and they thrive on the thing they have in common. Mm -hmm. If that's you, then that's what you have to do. But you have to respect each other's beliefs. Well, I do think it's, uh, yeah, you do have a hundred percent, but I do think like our type of personality is interesting because we both can be very persuasive and we could be very headstrong on 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 that and i know in some dynamics some people are not like Mm -hmm. some people are really really extroverted some people are introverted and so they can be opposite and not collide Mm -hmm. i think for you and i it would collide because then we were like trying to like get to the like hey if you're going to go in that direction that doesn't make sense to me and we both will have valid arguments (laughs) i think though because we're both easily swayed right like in the sense of like we're very curious people right we want to learn about different topics, whether it be religion, politics, whatever. So we gather information and then we base a lot of our decisions and beliefs around facts. Right. So if I feel like you're not a factual person <laughs> and I am a factual person, we're not going to work out. <laughs> right. We're just not because yeah. then that means you must not be thinking factually. Right. Like you're falling into conspiracy theories, right. whatever it may be. And I, I, I can't really do that with a partner. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, whether you think it's funny right now, your politic, your political beliefs, you'll pass that down to your kids. And you've got to ask yourself, like, am I breeding the right mentality, the right beliefs into the children that are going to lead the future generations? Right. right. And we've always taken that very seriously and like taken that as a huge responsibility. Like our job is to raise kids that will be contributing members of society that will leave the world in a better place than how they found it. So if you're just like, you know, not that you're the piece of crap, but if you're the guy that's just like, I'm taking advantage of unemployment, taking advantage of whatever, like that's just not how I believe people should operate in the world. We're not going to make it, you know? So that's what I mean by the same beliefs. Yeah. And I think that's like gets down to like, what do you value? Yeah. Like if you value, I think we both value hard work. Right. We we both value like being innovative, taking risks. We both value learning. Mm -hmm. Like we both value, um, you know, constructive and curious conversations, Mm -hmm. talking about ideas and concepts. I think we both value those things. And I think we do not value, you know, if you went, like you said, if you went down a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, if you went down, if you started yeah. like, you know, practicing some type Pessimism of- Pessimism right, like glass yeah. half full. Right. If you started then talking, if you started today talking about how terrible the world is and how right. bad people are and there's no good employees, like I wouldn't be attracted to that. Right. Yeah. So I we agree. would not work. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I think you need to establish like what values you have that um, may align or not align with the partner that you're getting ready to marry and then like figure out how you can agree to just make sure that you're communicating about those things because you will pass on those same values. And I think you make your differences stimulate the relationship, Mm -hmm. right? And you talk them through and, and maybe you don't come to a place where you both agree but there is a certain level of understanding that yeah. I think is super necessary in in a relationship. Because if I under if I don't agree, but I understand how you got there, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's fine, mm-hmm. right? And I don't demean it. I don't think it's you know be- be- beneath my idea of the world. And I think that that is where you get into this kind of toxic masculinity is because I think that there are times that a male in a relationship will will take on this position that my beliefs are are more superior superior than your beliefs, mm-hmm. and and that is where you get into this. And, and in any situation, whether it be the female as well, that's when you get to a, a point where. 
okay, there's a point of return. Now you're thinking that I'm less than because I believe in, mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. And that's, that's sad. I think the last point about marriage that we've warned many people that are getting ready to get marriage is like, don't make everything about the kids. Mm. Like kids are a big kind of wrench when you throw it into a really fun kind of sexy relationship. And I think we kind of romanticize and glorify like, oh, we have kids. It'll be like us. And then we add kids and it'll be perfect. And it's not. You know, like it's hard work (laughs) and it causes a bunch of like issues. What are you going to say? No, I just heard this thing that somebody said that people talk about having kids and they, well, they talk about their kids and they talk about them as if like, you know, they bring me so much joy. Mm -hmm. It's the thing, you know, it's what makes me, Mm -hmm. but they said statistically kids are the thing that makes you the most unhappy. Kids are the make you the that most unhappy, you. Yeah. happy because of the fact that they break you down. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's a constant struggle. Like when you look at like after like oh my god, the first initial thought is sleepless nights. Yeah, right. Then you worry about their education. Then you're trying to get them to behave. Mm-hmm. Then you're trying to get them to like follow direction. It is a difficult thing. And you thing. couple that with the fact that they have their own thoughts and beliefs. Right. So. Kids are not the source of happiness. No. They're the source of meaning for your life because now you have questionable, res- <laughs> right? but you hope like, you know, okay, I'm responsible for this person's mm-hmm. life and it's meaningful that I help cultivate this amazing person. Mm-hmm. And hopefully through all that, I can feel a little bit of joy and a little bit of gratitude. Like you right. get a little bit of appreciation. <laughs> yeah. You won't. No. So I just think that, you know, it's important to like understand People have kids for the wrong reasons. Right. Like, like you have it's kids. It's going to make us happy. It'll want, bring us closer. What was it for the Kardashians all? We <laughs> wanted to create something together. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can create a lot of things. We can create a garden together. We can create like, <laughs> a business together. Get, business together. We can create we a can lot of things. We can generate wealth together. But you are not going to find like you're deepening your relationship because we created this. It, it, and I think that there is something there. Uh-huh. But you get through a lot of stuff to get there. Like, yeah. you know, all the headaches of kids. And then you get to like, well, we created this person together. <laughs> I mean, do have we ever looked at each other no, and say, not no, never. no, we, we love our children, but yeah. we don't sit there and go, see. But I think the point is, is like now that we're kind of coming to the end, we've realized that a lot of our friends and people that we know have like really kind of created this entire life and everyday activity around just their kids. Right. So we see them completely breaking when the kids go away to college. And so I think that we tried to like keep a bond together and realize like, okay, we only get to parent for a short amount of time. Eventually they will go off and their life will be their life. And your expectations of what they should be doing are usually not ever going to be in alignment with what they want to do. And that's the thing about, I mean, we could do a whole episode on kids, but I think when a married couple, I think what, one of the things I know is this is, is, and you, you learn things, we've done things the right way and then also the wrong way. But if you are not setting yourself up or setting them up to be fully functioning human beings, and it starts with things like sleeping in your bed. Yeah. You know, if you keep them in your bed for too long, they'll never get out of your bed. And it starts with things like when they fall, when they're learning to walk, you don't go save them every time. Right. You know, there's that quote by Jordan Peterson. He said, 
you know, don't interrupt a kid doing something dangerous carefully. Mm, dangerous then, carefully. Carefully. Mm. So when they're they're like they were showing this kid on this TikTok, he was climbing up this on top of this counter, but he was doing it very carefully. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to get to these muffins, mm-hmm. and he was like climbing. And you hear the quote behind it, and it's just like. Let that kid climb. Mm-hmm. If he falls, he falls. If he falls, it, 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 hopefully it, you have insurance. Right. You know, I have a gash in my head. Mm-hmm. Every kid has a gash in their yeah. head. You didn't die. Right. These well, are not, I mean, some people would, you know, argue, well, they could die they if could, I just let them. But the odds are they're not. The odds <laughs> kids are, are resilient. they're pretty resilient. Yeah. They're pretty tough. And if you let them do those things, what I think happens is, is when they go grow up, those things get embedded, and then they start to do risky things that can be that can do wonders for their life. Yeah, but they do it the right way. I think you have to raise kids to not need you. Yeah, like all the time oh. for every single thing. Right, they but should you have need. to in a relationship yeah. agree on that. Yeah, if one person is constantly holding the kid and yeah. the other person is like, put that baby down. Yeah. Then you that's know, a disaster. That's where it starts. That is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So, um, you know, I think we could go on and on, but I think these are good solid points for starting a marriage yeah. and making sure that uh, your cousin and my sister, my new brother in law, like they get a healthy start. Yeah. But these are things I wish that, you know, in a premarital counseling session, they would have maybe prepared us for. Yeah. So hopefully you got something good out of that. Cause, we got the wounds and everything yeah. from all the learning. 18 years of, you know, oh, we did that wrong or yeah. oh, wish someone would have warned us about this. Um, so, yeah, let us know what your favorite marriage tips are. Um, what would you advise somebody who's getting ready to get into a marriage? And what do you wish someone would have shared with you? Mm, yeah. So good. I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, we will see you guys in the next Push Podcast. Thanks so much. All right. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.